Daniel, greetings. Greetings to you. Yeah. yeah. Warm holiday wishes warm from ho- this couch to yours. Yes. Warm holiday wishes to you as well. Yeah. It's good to see you. Man, it does feel a little bit different being back in here. huh? It does. And to you also, warm holiday wishes. Uh, and also <laughs> to you. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate you. <laughs> Appreciate you. Deuces. Oh, Deuces. Thanks, Daniel. Yeah, it does. Well, different than feeling different, mm-hmm. um, it mostly sounds different. It sounds so different in here. <laughs> man, what is that about, do you think? Ah, uh, man, just the lore audio genius that is Kyle and Greta Miller. Yeah. So this interview, you'll get to hear a whole different level of quality um, because we recorded it in the studio with towers yeah it's very possible that after this no one will ever listen to any of our previous interviews because they just sound a certain way yeah or our future interviews because they sound a certain way i yeah i don't know the sound quality is the one thing that's turning people (laughs) yeah i don't think people tune in to be on flag and say yeah this is why i listen but it sounds so nice yeah if you choose to listen to this one just pay close attention to how it sounds right now yeah and then uh, if you've jumped in 10 minutes from now, <laughs> just a <laughs> just quick comparison, the quality difference. Yeah. 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 No doubt. So when you're hitting that skip button right now, 30 mm-hmm. seconds, 30 seconds, 30, 30, 30, 30, get that 15 mark. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Boom. Yeah. Man. So we're on the tail end of them holidays. Well, Thanksgiving holiday. huh? Yeah. We are on those holidays. And uh, so I, I wondered, did you have any holiday spoiler alerts for anyone? Oh, yeah. Well, had a great holiday, right? Watching, again, spoiler alert, I watched Home Alone. <laughs> uh, it was amazing to watch that again. <laughs> Macaulay Culkin? Macaulay or like Culkin, the 50... Man. Yeah, dude, the Wet Bandits and with Macaulay Culkin. And, ah, so good. Spoiler <laughs> alert, though. <laughs> yeah. I forgot yeah, about Harry and Marv. Which <laughs> no. you should probably use as us sometime <laughs> in the audio, oh, the dude. description. That's going in. This yeah. one for sure. And then when they go to Home Alone two, and, and they're the uh, spoiler <laughs> alert, but they're the they're the sticky bandits. <laughs> he has all the masking tape on his hand. I oh, don't man. know this one. Oh, dude, yeah, Home so, Alone two. So I ended up watching both Home Alone and Home Alone two. So spoiler alert, uh, Kevin's okay. He makes it. <laughs> Kevin wins. Kevin wins, man. <laughs> spoiler alert. Yeah, Kevin wins. He out. So, yeah. Remind me, what are the what bandits' names again? Yeah, Marvin Harry. So. <laughs> Marv is uh, Joe Pesci, right? And then Harry's Daniel Stern. There's a date. Yeah. So which one? So when when I put this in the description, who's who? I don't know, man. It's pretty tough. (laughs) That'd be tough to assign us roles I guess I'm probably Harry, right? I I suppose. But he's kind of the dumb one. Well, so so that's 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 kind of the... Yeah. Joe Pesci's kind of the more just cantankerous, like, East Coast one, which... Yeah, so the cantankerous kind of fits me. Yeah. Um... (laughs) <laughs> which one of us would be really trying to cling to the name, the wet bandits and the other one's just completely put out by it. Oh man. I'd be, I'd be holding very tightly to the wet bandits. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, such I a thought, good name. I, I would have to yeah. agree. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah just knock it off. Oh man. But Kevin just ducking those fools left and right. Just <laughs> every, every trick in the book, man. So hashtag spoiler alert. Yeah. Kevin's safe. Kevin's okay. Yeah. Kevin's right. safe. Well done, man. Home alone. <laughs> so today, <clears throat> Yeah, man. Who we got? Uh, we're going beyond flag. We're going beyond flag with Greta and Kyle Miller, the uh, extremely talented married duo that founded the band Towers. And Greta, a transplant from Las Vegas, Nevada, met Kyle. A, uh, I still don't know this term, man. Do you know what the, like a Flagstaffian? 
Flagpolian? Flagpolian, maybe. maybe a, I was thinking like a Flagstaff Arena. I don't know what Flagstaff that Flagstaff Arena? I like that. Yeah, like a Flagstaff Arena hometown hero. Maybe a Flagstaff Arena Polian? Ah, Flagstaff Arena Olean. <laughs> yeah. A hometown hero. <laughs> Rhymes with linoleum? Linoleum. <laughs> oh, man. So they met at the place where knowledge and romance are not found by accident. The Northern Arizona University of the Southwest. <laughs> NAU. NAU. Go. Jumberlax. Jumberlax. Well done, Lumbers. While dating, <laughs> Greta and Kyle began playing music together. So in my mind, I just kind of imagine them serenading one another with some good, like, Chris Cornell or Nirvana covers. Those romantic Nirvana covers. Yeah, man. A little come as you are. It smells like teen spirit. <laughs> yeah, it smells lithium. like teen spirit. <laughs> yeah. Polly. Yeah, all the good stuff, man. Uh, and what this eventually did was led to them creating music and forming the band Towers which we do not cover in this interview why they spell it the way they do. I believe we were operating under a strict threat to not ask that question. Also, that information can be found in a host of other interviews they've applied to in the past. Yeah, so go check it out somewhere else. Not here. Not here. Yep. So Towers initially consisted of Greta and Kyle, Emma Chrislip, Kyle Keller, and Corey Miller. Their first album, which was self-titled, dropped in the year 2014. And since that time, the band has released four other full-titled albums and various other singles, including Love Who You Love, which was featured on an album titled Serenade, which came out earlier in 2021 and was put together by various artists to celebrate and empower LGBTQ people of faith. In this interview, Greta and Kyle play live versions of Swaying Evergreens and Curious Woman, two of their songs from the album The Holly and the Ivy, which they won a Viola Award for in 2021. And speaking of Viola Awards, Towers won like a million of them? Yeah. Probably a million and two. million and two of them. Yeah. So many violas just, just everywhere. And those live songs they play, ah, I would hang in there for those. Two. Hang in there for there. Yeah. If nothing else, fast forward, find those songs, huh? Yeah. Super good. Um, and so in the past, Towers have toured with a variety of bands, including most recently, The Lone Bellow. And then they have a tour slated for early 2022 where they will open for Joshua Raiden. Joshua Raiden? Joshua isn't, Raiden. Isn't that the soundtrack of... Uh, the burgeoning love of Cody and Jamie Bayless. Yeah, I do kind of reference that in our interview a little bit. I was saying that was a real big thing because, uh, yeah, there was a lot of Joshua Raiden playing uh, when, when Jamie and I were first dating. Just romantically romanticizing. Yeah, I feel grossed out even just thinking about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so when not writing, recording, or performing for Towers, Greta can be found at the Commons Church here in Flagstaff where she was recently announced as a co-pastor. And then Kyle can also be found leading the music and directoring them techs at the same spot. Directoring? Directoring them technologies. That's okay. a te that's a tech director? Yeah. Yeah. They direct the tech. Oh, okay. Yeah. In this particular direction. <laughs> and the correct conjugation is directoring. Directoring. Yeah. <laughs> directoring <laughs> them techs. And then collectively, they can be found raising their two children, touring the nation in an RV sometimes, or simply enjoying the simple things in life, like dishes. Or at least Kyle is enjoying them dishes. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, I didn't recall. So were they talking about how he does dishes around the house? Yeah, apparently he was the dish guy. Yeah. He and I really related on that, I remember. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, let's go beyond flag with Greta and Kyle Miller. Welcome to Beyond Flag, a Beyond the Pines production created by with and for the people of Flagstaff building connection in the town we love. We are your hosts, Dr. Daniel J. Phillips and Cody Bayless, also known as Dr. Chinchilla Nice Nice. 
Thanks for tuning in as we go beyond flag, straight from the dunny of our observatory. Yeah, oh, just kind of podcast, just like zoom right in, just kind of jump right in there. Yeah, yeah. Whatever y'all want to do with like kids talk and that sort of thing. Well, it'd be like super meta if we just included all of this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we just hopped in right there. Yeah, man. For me, what if we just started with how how has the last year been? I'd be curious to hear about the tour with Lone Bello. Yeah. Yeah. This last year has been really interesting. Um, I feel like for me, the the year of not performing in front of people was was um really recentering for me on like what we were doing you know we had been kind of thrown into this thing this towers thing um it fell into our laps we decided to pursue it and then I felt like it it quickly became my identity I think most of my 20s were just spent touring and like thinking about the brand of towers and writing and it was just such a strange even when I was in it I was really aware of that but having a year off was really I think nice for me personally to sort of be like why am I doing this what parts of it do I like if we do it if we do this again like can I do it in a different way with a different center that's like grounded in something outside of like what people think of me and like that having such a big pull on my heart when I'm writing and doing those things so honestly it was fantastic for me but Greta is like a, a much less like cons- like selfish and <laughs> maybe just less heady yeah you're less heady yeah I couldn't even think of how to like fucking say that because <laughs> because I'm head. so heady <laughs> <laughs> no this last year yeah it was definitely I I think we both went into it just kind of with our hands up in the air. Like, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what is what that's going to bring, what we're going to be able to do. Um, But yeah, just this last summer of 2021, getting able to play some shows again, starting with some outdoor shows and then in October playing some shows indoors again with the Lone Bellow. Um, It was just really sweet. It was really different than our normal tours because normally in the past we've toured with you know a five-piece band and we bring our two kids along and a nanny and it's just a car full of people and these last shows it was just Kyle and I and a couple guitars and we got to kind of be the openers and I think it was a really sweet experience like getting to go on first getting to just play for 45 minutes and then just hang out with people after that it was just a fun time and a sweet experience and a good reminder I think that like we can do this and that mm-hmm. um, people are still excited and participating in what we're doing, which I think reignites um, some of that excitement for us also. And also the, the like other side of that of like some people like didn't care at all. <laughs> like they didn't care at all who we were. And it was something so great about that. I don't oh, know. yeah. I don't know. For me, it was great. But um, and to have that moment of like really it is just us and our songs and like is can we capture a room of people that don't that don't have any experience with us before that kind of um that kind of art i think we hadn't we really haven't done that before usually people are coming out because we're headlining and so that was kind of fun too about that is some nights i feel like we knocked it out of the park and other nights i was like oh man like we were truly an opening act tonight yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> Uh, for sure. Yeah. And so over the last year, um, touring with Lone Bellow, 
and something I was curious about was like going back even further, right? You mentioned touring five, all five of y'all, you had your kids, nanny, that sort of thing. It seems like the band has evolved a lot over time too. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We, we've had multiple band members over the last six years of towers. How long have we been doing this? Uh, it's, it's like almost eight. Oh gosh. Yeah. Whatever that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the pandemic years don't count. We just don't remember those. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we started, you know, with, Kyle's brother Corey playing drums and our friends Emma and Keller and Emma and Keller have been with us the whole time we've had a few different drummers come in um and our most recent band was our friend Dan playing drums and Emma and Keller as well um and it's been really sweet transition honestly um I feel like there wasn't any hard feelings or weirdness. It was very natural transitions of our friend Dan moving away to Nashville and our friend Keller moving to New York and our friend Emma is getting her master's in cello and just kind of diving deeper into that world. And um, I think all of them are so wonderful. And I know that if we called them and asked them to record a song with us or even play a show with us, they would probably jump on it, hopefully. (laughs) But... um, I also feel like there's this freedom of, hey, we're all excited and just encouraging each other in our own paths. And um, so that kind of allows Kyle and I just to lean into what we're doing and um, have a few less cooks in the kitchen and um, kind of dial in our acoustic set, but also expand on, okay, if we want to bring other musicians in, um, even outside of that core that we started with, we can, you know, hire out anyone for unique sounds that we want to bring to the table. Mm-hmm. It makes me curious, is there like a different synergy or a different energy with every different configuration or is the writing process just come through you two so it's pretty similar across the span? Um, it depends on the record because um, I think each one we have sort of a different vision going into it. Mm-hmm. I would say that the first two definitely had kind of we were all in the same room and we would play through a song um, with that original group of people. And then as time has gone on and people have moved or gotten married or whatever it might be, <clears throat> I feel like it all changes the sound a lot. There is a, there's a different synergy every time. And as of late, our, our most recent kind of band um, makeup is these people that live in Colorado and we go out there and, and work with them. And so the Holly and the Ivy was us in a room with them. And yeah, everyone's bringing to the table their different backgrounds and things that they're into into music wise um different goals for the music and it's all kind of like pushing and pulling and like kneading out the songs you know and so each one sort of turns out a different way which is what towers means like that's what the idea of it is recognizing that type of energy when your song create when you're creating anything really is that what you picture it as isn't always necessarily going to be what it is in the end because there's a lot of different people, even if it's just us two, lending into it, whether that be through mixing or um, advice or producing or drums or whatever it is. So. Yeah, when you look back to your first record, which was self-titled, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And was that like 2014, 2014 15? 2014, yeah. 2014? Yeah. Ah, that's bananas, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. I'm, I was just wondering, like, looking back, yeah, so eight years ago about, like you're saying, um, and then just how would you describe how your style has changed over time? Yeah, um, yeah, and I've, we both speak to this in different ways, probably. I think there's a lot of differences. I mean, when we started, I mean, there's even just different instruments involved, you know, our first few albums have a lot of 
cello and banjo and harmonicas and a lot of a lot of that going on um whereas our later albums we phased out of a little bit of the banjo and some of those things I feel like um we just as musicians has have developed our sound even vocally like our voices have changed over the albums um and I think we've probably grown a little bit more um even in the world of like there's more moments of rock and roll but there's more intimate moments of singer songwriter and we've learned how to lean into those in different ways um but I feel like the biggest change and maybe this is just me because I feel like my head is so much more lyric focused than production focused but it's just the content I feel like we um just as writers and as a team figuring out writing together have just gone on a journey I feel like in our songs we've always told our stories and been pretty vulnerable about um, stuff we're processing about marriage and life and politics and kids and hard things and all of that Um, and I think that rings true through all of them but I think we um, have leaned into just the nuances of being really poetic where things are kind of hidden and woven into the lyrics but also found that balance of being hopefully relatable where people can still hold on to something and understand um, parts of the message and maybe it's understood differently than we even meant it to be perceived I think that's been really cool sometimes we'll write a song and it means one thing to us and then we go to a show and someone's like oh my gosh this song is awesome it means this to me and I'm like whoa that's a really different interpretation but that's so cool that you connect with it in that way and that's what art is right art is just um us creating something and then it's in that eye of the beholder they get to um you know make it their own which is a sweet part of it I think for how I feel like we've changed the most over the last um, like seven to eight years is I think I'm just becoming more and more okay um, with with my own voice you know and how I've seen how on all of the records I've really tried to like lean into these particular vocal styles that I really like and want to emulate in others because the voice is an instrument it's like anything else you know you can do different things to it to make it sound different ways So I feel like where I'm trying to land and kind of like my mantra as I'm creating is like we the thing that we do with our bodies and with our with our voice, no one else can do because no one else has our body. And so trying to celebrate that, I think, in our music and and in the way that we create and trusting my my body, trusting my my instinct and my intuition so yeah you know like the 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 journey of the artist to me has been like how do I figure out how to like accept myself and love myself and then I'm gonna make the best thing you know yeah and I'm gonna be able to live with it and and enjoy playing it some of those early songs are so hard to play for me and some of them I won't play um unless someone specifically asks me and then I'll do it because I'm like, if you came here and wanted to hear that song, I want to play it for you. Yeah. But if they're no, if no one's asking, I'm not playing anything <laughs> off of those first couple records not because, those records. Um, yeah, because like, I think that journey can sometimes be hard to to bear. Um, and I think because I didn't, I didn't think we were gonna do this for a living, <laughs> so I think like. The seriousness of which I put into those first records, which may be the magic of them, wasn't maybe what I have hoped now later having it as a career, looking back and being like, dang, I wish I would have done those things differently or thought about that or 
Um, so yeah, it's just this like long arc of self-acceptance. And I think that that goes into everything sonically, you know? Mm. Um, but on a more just like, um, on a more like on paper explanation, I'm, I'm really becoming more and more drawn to just organic things. This next record, one of our goals is to record a decent amount of it live with our band. We've never done that before. We've mm-hmm. always done kind of like a broken up, we do guitar, then we do vocals. And, and I'm, I'm because I'm on that journey of that self-acceptance and loving the sound of like a creaking chair when someone's recording or mm-hmm. someone being like <clears throat> before the take yeah. or the sound of like the the noise in our in our lips i'm just like that's art that's music i want to make that and whatever that day when we decide to hit record whatever it brings like i'm just excited about that so moving forward that's like some of our sonic goals well so you you, i I thought you said it so eloquently when you said it was like this arc of self-acceptance yeah and so um it kind of implies that there are these ways that you probably looked at yourself as wanting to be something different or that, that totally. you were self-critical of what was organically there. And so you were trying to match something else, right. which you've grown into just accepting or actually honoring. Right. Yeah. So when you sing, when you all sing, do you find ways to criticize and how do you get over that? Or how did you, <laughs> how did you make that arc work to come towards self-acceptance? I feel like it's probably been more my journey than it has yours in some ways. Are you not as vocal about it as I am? I mean, I think especially when we play shows, you know, everything is raw, everything is live. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, there's going to be nights where you feel really great. There's going to be nights where you're like, man, that song I was super pitchy or like my voice cracked right there. And But the cool thing about a live show is like, you don't just say, oh, stop, stop, stop. Like, let's redo that. You know, you keep going. <laughs> and It's real it's, life. Yeah, it's yeah. almost just like a good analogy for life. Like, that stuff's going to happen. We're going to keep going. We're going to have fun. Like, sometimes we might get frustrated at it. Sometimes we might laugh at it together. And it's okay. And it's all part of it. And I think even being musicians and even getting to tour with other bands or go to other shows, like, I love that. Sometimes when a, when someone is putting on a show and, like, their voice cracks or something little happens it's like I love it it makes me feel like they're human and Mm -hmm. I can connect with them and I appreciate it so yeah I think it's just that recognition and learning of um just like okay that's gonna happen and I'm gonna go out there and try my best and I want to do this with excellence but um it's okay and we can love ourselves through it and encourage each other through it I feel like after shows, you know, we're always post-processing and kind of like, oh, like what happened on this song? Or like, this one felt really good or, you know, bouncing it off of each other. And it's almost like we have to like say it out loud and vent it sometimes if there was something, you know, that was less than what we hoped it would be. But then after that, it's like, cool. And now it's done. We get to try again tomorrow and people are so kind afterwards and it's great. I feel like what you're saying is that is is kind of like getting to where maybe what my answer would be which is i think any any form because we have to criticize too we have to self-criticize on that's how we grow that's how we create new things and i think that for me it, it all that has to come from that center of just being enough already of like and also people probably don't care as much as i care 
Like I'm, I'm probably think people are thinking about me way more than people are actually thinking about me. <laughs> like no one's thinking about me or cares about that. And it's in like, a freeing sense. Yeah. Not, not that you don't matter. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. It's the glass half full. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to me, I think where I try to land on that arc of like health, because it doesn't always happen. Like some nights I'll drink too much, and I'll be, after the show it'll be like. I'll, I'll be like, Greta, like, we should just quit. Like, this is the worst thing. We, like, why are we doing this? This is so stupid. I sound so bad. So I think there's there's nights where, you know, it's it's like I, I'm not in, like, a good center. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> I think overall, and that's that's why it's like that arc. It's not, it's you know, up and down in a lot of ways. But um, where I'm trying to be these days is that, that, that special place of amusement with it. Of like, can't believe this is happening. Mm-hmm. Like, this is so mm-hmm. silly mm-hmm. Yeah. that we even exist to begin with. And then that people are like, <laughs> that streaming was invented, and now we like have a career in that. And like, I don't know. It's so it's hilarious to me. It's amusing, mm-hmm. but I want to take it seriously, just the right amount, you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that answers it. And it's and maybe it's different for everything, but that just that inherent center of like, we can only do what we can do and after that i don't know if it's worth going down any more any more like rabbit holes in our brains <laughs> yeah you know what that brought up for me was uh i think in our field a lot of times i think of like early career professionals and people who are new in supervision will often want to know what is the right modality you know mm. they're like what's the right thing for this person at this time and how do i do this and this and is there a worksheet or a handout and it's kind of like yeah 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 you know (laughs) eventually you need to train yourself to be okay with just being in the chair yeah you know like you just have to be comfortable being in the chair and that there's not necessarily this modality when you're describing like i guess i was wondering were you describing approaching those early records with like a real sense of seriousness like totally kind of like white knuckling it or death gripping it to try to get it right or get it perfect or something like that oh my god yeah don't you think so or at least i was I was like so. <laughs> in it. Yeah, maybe you were. You, Greta's a very consistent person. Yeah. I yeah. love that about her. Yeah. I'm like vulnerable enough to say like I'm not that, but I think that's maybe one of my better qualities too, because it's pretty fun. Yeah. It's so fun. So fun. But no, I do yeah. think that d- that does nail it on the head. I think it's that white knuckle, that control aspect mm. that you realize that as you just go on in life too, that you're like, I have, as as I'm sure you do in y'all's profession of like, I actually don't have very much control over this except for mm. presence, yeah. you know, and that's maybe the best thing I offer and somehow applying that to our art, I think is helpful. Yeah. I actually, beyond like our field or you all being musicians, I think it's like what you were talking about, Greta. It's really an analogy for life. Like there are going to be times that there are ups and downs, times you feel comfortable or uncomfortable with what's going on and actually persisting in something Mm -hmm. and tolerating both ends of the spectrum is really the key to it all. Mm. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, I think the first time, I mean, I think when Towers is putting out that first record too and um, eight years ago that you're kind of thinking like this is us putting this out into the world and i would think that would feel super vulnerable yeah man people gonna be listening to this and gonna check out my lyrics oh man totally yeah and it's the first one too so it's the first impression yeah yeah and because of the way the spotify algorithm works don't get me started (laughs) like people are gonna be clicking on this way more than like we were in amarillo staying with some friends who like are dear friends like good supporters of our music Mm. pay us money to come and play for them 
I was talking to them about this very thing. And um, they're like, you have a fourth record? And I was like, I have five records. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? And they're like, yeah. we had no idea. Spotify like won't let us see it. <laughs> uh, no. We can see it. It's just not in the top five. And then yeah. even in the discography, you have to click like see all it discography. Self-perpe- uh, it self-perpetuates itself. If you like yeah. are discovering an artist, you go to their top five to yeah. check them out. Yeah. You know? And those right. are the things that keep building and building we, and building. We got to get a Spotify whistleblower. Like, yeah, uh, like yeah, Facebook. Facebook we need to get yeah. this addressed. I, yeah. I think it's already tried to happen a few times, and I don't know if it's happening to any avail. Yeah, well, they're clearly causing harm if they're if people are going through the world thinking that y'all only have three records and aren't aware that you have yeah. a fourth and a fifth record. Yeah. You Something's it. wrong. I like to. Yeah, you gotta like, t- take there's the a lot of good down. to get from there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, we got to take the man down. Yeah, yeah. 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 this Cody is right now. We have this. <laughs> you know, Cody was going down a path, though, talking about the vulnerability of putting that first album yeah. out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I have this question for you all. I think you all being married, having a relationship, in my mind, I, I think to myself, playing music or being an artist has got to be a vulnerable thing. At what point did you each individually begin playing music? And then when you all meet... What was that like to play in front of each other or then decide to play together, which is probably a long span of time to address any of that. But I'd be really curious how you approach that and whether you were nervous playing in front of each other early on. Do you remember? <laughs> so I mean, long kind ago. of, yeah. We've been together like 12 years. It's been a long time. Yeah, a bunch of time. So I feel like the so the first initial kind of, you know, what's kind of funny is before Greta and I were together, we both did a lot of stuff like through church and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so most of our kind of like art experience was in those types of like, I wouldn't call them safer settings, but they are in some ways safer. Mm-hmm. Um, or just less vulnerable. It's less, yeah. less you, less about you. Um, yeah. But we played a show, one of like the very first times that we played music together, um, um, we decided to like play a little show together at a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. And this was before we were dating. Um, and I, I remember that time being really special, don't you? Like a really great way to get to know you. Um, I think I'm already like a pretty like vulnerable person just right out of the gate. Like I, I felt pretty comfortable like with people. Um, and which songwriting is like definitely up there um, for a vulnerable um, activity you could do with somebody. <laughs> so... I don't know. I I felt really comfortable with you, and I was excited about the way our voices sounded together, and um, you're just an amazing person. It was kind of all wrapped up in the beginning of our love story, to be honest. Um, Yeah, I mean, and going back to what you were asking about, like, how we each individually started music, you know, for me, and I think for both of us, it kind of started in our childhood um whether that be like taking piano lessons as a kid or taking voice as a kid and then um I was a big choir nerd growing up in middle Mm -hmm. school and high school and that was really sweet um and I had a friend when I was in middle school who was like more girls and he didn't know how to play guitar like let me teach you how to play guitar and I was like okay I don't know so I started taking guitar lessons and did that for a little bit but I kind of just dabbled in a lot of different things and mainly did vocal stuff and um yeah when I met Kyle you know I had seen him like play play songs or play um and I knew he was a musician and 
and that was obviously a really attractive thing because I also loved that world but um when we started playing music we like you know we started playing just covers and stuff which even though that is vulnerable in some regard like singing or playing an instrument it's it's less vulnerable um but yeah like Kyle was saying when we moved into that getting ready for that little coffee shop show um I think we wrote like two originals or something for that show and then the rest were a couple covers and stuff and I'm sure that they were not good at all I <laughs> hope they're not on YouTube somewhere but they're on Spotify oh yeah. man yeah, Buried yeah. And the, the algorithm bro yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> algorithm <laughs> but yeah I think there there did seem to just be some sort of excitement with them and even though it was scary in some regard because I had never written music with anyone. I had tried to write a few of my own songs and had dabbled in that. Um, Kyle was really the first person that I wrote songs with in that way. Um, so there, it definitely took a level of courage, but I also think it, it bonded us in some ways. And it's such a push and pull. Um, and I'm sure we were like extra kind and gracious with each other in that time because we had crushes on each other. So we're like, oh, I'm sure we just thought everything each other said was extra cool because yeah. of that setting. Whereas now we can just like be like, that sucks. What are you talking about? I'm going to sue you. I'm yeah. going to sue you. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> which, is, yeah. which, which lawsuits are just a yeah. sign of love. Right? That's totally right. decided. Yes. Yes. That was like, yeah, that was the, the context you need yeah. for, to know that joke. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I you know and what's crazy too is I I think it's it's pretty obvious that we all change over time and I think that don't you think we have to relearn how to write together all the time mm -hmm. like we're writing this new record and I've been spending a ton of time producing and writing and recording other bands and we haven't been doing quite as much together these days just kind of you know practical reasons of trying trying to like make the studio build out a bit more and um we started writing together last week and I was like, whoa, we have to like figure this out again um, and figure out how to communicate disagreements. Like that's so much a part of what it is, is communicating those disagreements. Um, but uh, did we answer your question? I don't even know. I feel like I danced yeah, around it. How, I mean, how you started, how did you start playing music? My, my initial, my, I was really involved with violin growing up. I mm -hmm. played violin until I was in middle school. That was mm -hmm. like a huge part of my musical upbringing. And then, my dad, my dad is like such a beautiful human and um, has done something that I think not a lot of humans can do, which is become softer as you grow older. Mm. I just don't think that that's easy to do. And he has. I really love him a lot for it. One of the like first things he did, which, which I think was an indicator, of, he worked a ton when, when I was growing up. He was just like this hard-ass boss that... Yeah, he worked like 70 hours, 70 plus hours a week, you know, um, at this distribution center here in town. And he was like, I want to learn guitar together. So we started playing guitar together. Um, this guy, Brad, he's still over there. He was like, it was so cool. I was like 14. He smelled like cigarettes so thick. Man. <laughs> I thought it was the coolest thing. And we'd learn like Led Zeppelin covers oh, together yeah. and like old Beatles songs. So that's when I started doing guitar was with my dad. And then just took off from there and I was involved with like church and stuff like that um and that was a big part of my musical upbringing as well um up until yeah you know when Greta and I started writing songs together mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I was wondering when you were talking about the arc of self-acceptance, right? And mm-hmm. um, I guess I'm wondering about those early disagreements in songwriting and what's out like then versus <laughs> maybe now. <laughs> totally, yeah. <laughs> I feel like it was totally this growing phase. Like, like I said earlier, there was probably this like early phase of just like anything goes because we just are like enamored with this new love, right? And then getting into like, oh, we want to keep doing this, but we want to write better songs because if we just say yes to everything they're not going to be great songs you know what I mean so I think there was a phase of us having to like challenge each other a little bit more and push and pull and you know learn when to give and when to take and um I think there yeah there was definitely some really hard times I feel like we didn't fight a lot when we were dating but I think the main times we did was about songwriting and I feel like the first time I like cried at Kyle was about songwriting and like feeling hurt that's true yeah and and I think we it's it's so and I think we recognize this now how sweet um our different styles are like um Kyle is such a poet and um such a beautiful deep thinker and thinks in a way that I think is so amazing because I don't even understand it um whereas sometimes my writing styles I'm like I want to write a children's book I want to write you know, like a funny, like poem. I want to, you know, write something that's a little more straightforward and graspable. And, um, so I think at first, like I would bring ideas to the table and I, and, you know, like I would be really wounded if, if like maybe it wasn't cool enough or it was a little cheesy or something like that. And so I had to, we really had to like talk through that and we had to, um, we had to, yeah, wrestle with that. But I think ultimately now it, it really has brought us to a place where when we come together and we both write a song together and bring both of those things to work in flow, that's when we write our best songs. Yeah, and that goes along with the self-acceptance narrative too mm-hmm. of like, I think you do your best work as an artist when you're in that kind of like centered flow with yourself of, of like just loving yourself. And I think one the the thing that makes Towers cool and what it is, is you and I writing songs together mm-hmm. and like the, the tension and the dissonance and the beauty of that. So I think we've, we've gotten better at it over the years. Um, and we also know what each other's strengths are a little bit more too, I think over over this last like eight years of writing together we're like I know like now I honestly write these like very cryptic poems and then I bring them inside to Greta on our writing days and I'm like just translate this into like normal human (laughs) and like (laughs) children's book yeah yeah and we we find like we meet in the middle and Mm -hmm. it's awesome that's Mm -hmm. kind of our flow these days Mm -hmm. yeah that's so cool. From a, from a lyric standpoint, I'd be curious to hear even just the things that have been interested you over in time, over time. Um, you know, for me, it just seems like there's a y'all are willing to go to places to talk about the human experience in really raw and mm-hmm. uh, relatable ways. Yeah, I think the someone said this to me, and I don't know if it's like a quote that <clears throat> is like a known quote. But it's the specific is universal and the universal is specific. And I think the best songs are really specific. And so I think what informs us and what inspires us in that way is trying to be as specific as we can get um, and feel comfortable with in the songs, which is pretty far down that line, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm not sure if that's what you're asking. Is that kind of like the along the lines? Yeah, yeah, certainly. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking from like a content from a content standpoint and the things that you naturally feel like, ah, oh, this is something that I have to put on the paper or this is something I have to communicate through music or through my voice. Yeah, I feel like a lot of times the initial lyric idea starts with some sort of dissonance inside of myself trying to whether that be like a lot of our music deals with the dissonance of my of the spiritual experience and coming to a place of like beauty and acceptance in that in that arena um the acceptance of the self over the time of of our songwriting career over my life um and so i feel like yeah we're just we're inspired i think by um that tension that i i I find it really easy to write a lot more about like tension kind of things than Mm -hmm. i do about sort of like very joyful (laughs) which was our our christmas record was we tried to try to get into that a bit more um but yeah if there isn't like an antagonist in in the poem it feels like a little less arky to me and like not quite (laughs) as much fun so i tend to write a little darker and um and re and having writing be a process of that fleshing out for me i think is is what typically um starts off our songs at least yeah and i think we have you know so many different topics we address i think when we we see things and we sometimes they're joyful things sometimes they're sad things and we and we write songs about them. i mean we, we have songs about um, our friends who had a miscarriage. We have songs about um, being inspired by our friend who's loving their brother as he's going through rehab and addiction. We have songs about um, a political issue and calling something out that we believe needs to be called out. We have songs about um, loving our child so much and wanting to be the best version of ourselves for them. Um, and kind of what Kyle was saying with that tension, I feel like that was a big theme in our most recent album, besides our Christmas album. Our most recent album was New Nostalgia. And I mean, even that New Nostalgia was about like this old thing, but like seeing it in a new way. And, um, you know, we have this analogy of like, we have this old bike in our backyard. It's this like rusty old tandem bike that Kyle got for me when he proposed to me. And it's this like sweet bike, but we just let it sit outside for, you know, years and years and it got all gross and falling apart. And we decided like, Hey, let's let like, let's either get rid of this or let's like fix it up. And, you know, you have to like strip everything off of it and decide like, okay, what's, what's worth keeping, what's worth holding on to, and, and what do we need to like replace and put something new in there. And I feel like that was an analogy for our life as we were like writing this most recent album, like, okay, what is still good about like, whatever it is, these beliefs, these like ways we've gone about life and what needs to be exchanged with something or what needs to be taken off because it's no longer functional or helpful. Um, so I think that tension is just rings true in our most recent album of like holding the tension of of sorrow and joy holding the tension of um keeping something and letting go of something or um being in love with something even though it can hurt you or whatever those tensions are and i think um that's where art is yeah i was going to i mean real quick for our listeners go get new nostalgia for me that's like that record stands out in a different way compared mm-hmm. to your earlier records um 
was Great Fidelity before that one? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, that was the third, yeah. Okay. Yeah, like the jump from Great Fidelity to New Nostalgia, like something happened, I feel like. Maybe mm. I'm wrong. I think I told you, Kyle, that when that when I first heard that record, for me, it was like listening to Wilco's Sky Blue Sky the oh, first time. Dude, you can't even pay me a higher compliment. Like, <laughs> I'll just like, yeah. dude, that record's right there, man. <laughs> I like, Sky at my Blue. funeral, I told Greta, I yeah. was like, because I'll probably die first, because I'm just like... <laughs> I'm not, I'm going for it. I'm like you always say you're gonna die first because I'll be I'll be late. Yeah, I won't, that's I won't right. be on time. Because <laughs> you're never ready. Uh, I'm right I'm ready. Get that. I get that. That's like an old country joke. Yeah. Like I know I'm gonna die first because you're you're never ready or something like that. But yeah, sky blue sky, man. Just put that baby on. Yeah. Front to back. Yeah. Hang out and have some drinks. Oh man. Dude. That record like has a tone to it, like a warmth. There's something about it, and yeah. I still remember putting it on for the first time. And to me, when I when you put on, or when I put on new nostalgia for the first time, it brought back that exact same feeling. Yeah, and I was like, man, something happened. <laughs> like, yeah, I guess I'd be curious to hear about the new nostalgia in terms of process yeah. and yeah, what was going on for you too when you wrote that. Yeah, well, new nostalgia was really that. It was like, it was sort of dissecting a lot of memory. And it, the whole record was memory, 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 as a lot of songs are. Some songs, you know, they're they're trying to tell a story that's away from maybe your personal life or um, they're, like, idealistic, thinking about the future. These songs were, like, zoomed in on specific moments of our life, um, really specific. I'm, one of the songs, I went through our house and just, like, took mental pictures of different things happening in our house, and I wrote them as lyrics, Paradox. Um, around this one memory of Greta and I crying in the Safeway parking lot together, which I don't remember why we were crying. Who knows? But um, <laughs> I likened it to all these different objects in our house, just really specific, yeah. deciding which of these memories, what were the things about them that were great, that we needed to move forward with, and which things did we need to leave behind. And I think one of the biggest parts of new nostalgia for me was bitterness, man. Mm. Like, the <clears throat> we're such products of our environment, and um, it's complicated. You know, there's lots of things that play into that. There were specific things about um, the, the like, more religious and spiritual things that I was trying to, like, wrestle through and figure out, like, which of this is good to take forward because I still feel so connected to it. And which of it is, like, happened outside of me. And it was a lot of just, like, dissecting and, like, splitting hairs and I felt like I got done with that record it was so weird man I just felt like I was done like I just was not not to say that I was like perfectly healed by any means but I just felt like man bitterness is like such a hard thing to keep up mm-hmm. and I just felt tired and I wanted to just get it out in that in that record and um yeah I think we're always everyone's always overflowing all the time and I think I wanted to do that record because I wanted my overflow in life to be something different than that bitterness. Mm. And um, so there was a lot of exercising of some demons in it, more so than the other ones. In fact, some of the songs are about our first records and being like, (laughs) I had to, yeah, just way overthinking yourself, you know, (laughs) like being like, there's, these are things that have helped us to grow our, We've been able to buy a house, do all these really great things. And I hate singing them. I, like, don't want to sing them. Mm. Um, why? And I'm at a different place now. But, yeah, that was hard. So I felt like it was just it was just that. Do you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I feel like it's it. that's true. I think I've noticed that in you, you know, that 
that moving on and that letting go of that bitterness and and I've noticed it at shows when people ask you questions uh, you know about our first albums or about your spirituality there's the defense is down you're so excited to engage in those conversations and it's so sweet watching you in that setting and um yeah I just think that these songs they really were healing in that way and um yeah I mean I even think about a song like we have a song in there called all the sundered things and um I mean there's a lot of things that that song that song can mean I didn't want to name it all the sundered things because she didn't like it she didn't know what that was I learned what the word sundered <laughs> means that was like that's an example Which is we're beautiful. like we, were, we like we, you were so kind and like yeah. met me in that yeah totally um but no I mean that song that song is just about um, I mean, the main the main line in the chorus is, I can't get my arms wide enough. And it was just this, like, not only self-acceptance, but um, this growing of, like, man, like, we're all just connected. Like, we're all just... I was trying, Like, man. everyone, everyone yeah. is welcome to the table. Everyone is included. Like, um, like, if there's anything in my life where I'm excluding someone, like, that needs to go. And, like, um, so I think... It was just such a fun album to process, yeah, alongside you. Yeah, and we, it was the first one we did here. So in this room, we recorded all of it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, man, I bet you were pumped. I was. I was terrified, too. You had no yeah. idea what I was doing. Huh. But um, it was, like, the first, like, um, bigger record I had done. Like, I hadn't – it was just demos for other people previously. So mm-hmm. there was a lot of excitement around that. A lot of, like – I think so much magic happens – when someone doesn't know what they're doing, but going for it. Yeah. Like, I think that's why people's first records, sometimes the greatest, are sure. why people fall in love with, like, someone's first body of work, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, well, it was interesting to hear you describe new nostalgia as being this, like, cathartic experience in which you're, like, kind of getting rid of bitterness, right? Yeah. Like, oh, it's so interesting. It's like, to me, I experienced that record as such a warm kind of feeling. Like, yeah. It just feels so good. Totally, man. Yeah. Well, I wanted that, and that was, I think that I, like, wanted, the. I, I feel like, when I think of music, I, I picture it really visually, and I pictured a lot of like golds and oranges, mm-hmm. and like kind of like what I've set up here yeah. in the studio, like a yeah. very warm, warm sound. Yeah. A lot of ribbon mics, and um, just it sounded like a bit muddier almost because I wanted that. I also feel like memories fairly muddy, so I wanted those like I wanted that kind of tension in the music as well. Yeah, but. Yeah, like cathartic was the word I thought of too as you both described that, like just such a process of catharsis. Mm-hmm. And as you were talking about it, you talked about also feeling emotionally exhausted. And for me, what came yeah. to mind is, yeah, when we experience that internal tension in life, sometimes we have the natural inclination to like turn away from and avoid it. Right. And actually, if we turn towards it and engage it, it can be exhausting, but then that's where the catharsis comes or the clarity comes yeah. through that actual process rather than just turning away and trying to put it off or avoid it yeah yeah well and i think for me it felt like obsessive like i mm-hmm. couldn't not continue to, to yeah to stare at it and um yeah even now I, th- this like stack of paper over here is the songs we're working on mm-hmm. and um i feel like even now a lot of those themes they're still embedded in me they're working themselves out in different ways but um I don't know where I was going with that, but maybe we just all write the same song over and over and over. 
<laughs> no, I actually, you know, the, listening to you two is great because the way you talk about art, I can't help but perpetually throughout listening to you two think about how many analogies you guys are talking about in life generally. Yeah, it's obvious. And so I, I keep, I think you all keep talking about specifics. And mm-hmm. then for me, I, I get this universal message yeah. about how that is just how life is. Yeah. Um, a minute ago, you, you both said spoke to something where you were talking about um, that self-acceptance. You talked about your joint writing process and you said you think you understand each other more, um, including strengths. But mm-hmm. also you understand what each what the opposite of strengths were, whatever, however you'd want to define yeah. those growth areas yeah. um, or whatever. And so I thought in that moment, listening to you both, oh, there's this clarity it may be that self-acceptance is correlated with a clarity about who you are, who the people you are relating to, yeah. what they are. And when you can authentically own just what is, it yeah. probably allows for some degree of acceptance. What do you all think about that? Yeah, no, I, th- I think so. I think it makes it makes the whole experience a lot more joyful, too, because then you're not... Um, you're not putting some sort of expectation on somebody that's just really unfair, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I think, gosh, it feels like songwriting has been such this gift to us because, you know, when, when I would play sports, I feel like I could exercise my anger there. Mm-hmm. I could, um, I could, like, get something out. And, like, as I've grown older, there's not as quite as many places to do that. And songwriting in our relationship feels like this, like, it's this battleground. Mm-hmm. It's this place of joy. It's this stage mm-hmm. of failure and success. And um, I don't. I I think we probably like five years ago when I realized like oh this is actually like we could have like a career like this is a thing like mm-hmm. we've been doing this for long enough that like we could decide to continue if we wanted. Mm-hmm. I think I was like okay that that would be really hard because of this this and this and it's like kind of self-acceptance thing of like well i don't know if i like love the things that we did initially <laughs> and i feel like the the thing i tried to embed in it that then goes into normal life is just that well then i gotta be just cool with who i am mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. yeah and yeah, totally. And I love how you said that, like, you know, you recognize your strengths and you bring that together, but you also recognize like where you can grow. And I think that that's been really cool too. Cause it's not like we have just been like, cool, like you're good at that. So I'm not going to do that at all. Or, you know, like I, I do feel like there's been a sweet like <clears throat> transformation or like, you know, and maybe it's us meeting in the middle sometimes and learning from each other or just challenging ourselves. But I feel like for myself, at least that, um, this last year and especially during the pandemic and having more time just to like sit in my head a little bit more, um, has been really cool to challenge that. And when we wrote our Christmas album, you know, there were some songs that were the opposite, like, okay, I, I wrote something for curious woman and I wrote something for soft around my mind. And, I wrote the first part of it and then brought it to Kyle where mm. normally it's been the opposite. And yeah, you wrote all of curious women basically. Yeah, yeah. And, but it's been, that's such a fun, like that was scary in uh-huh. some ways or it's like, Oh, is it good enough? Is it towers or do I need to like have a solo project? I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, but I feel like it has been like, okay, just because you're good at those things doesn't mean I can't like try and learn and grow and stretch myself. And, um, so 
yeah, I think that that's a really sweet thing. And just like you, like how you're talking about our first two albums, I feel like this last year we decided to make our first two albums on vinyl because yeah. we've never done that before. Um, and people just love stare it right in the eye. Yeah. And yeah, it was like, man, good. that means we're promoting these things again. Is that what, like what we want to do? And I feel like it was so cool watching you because we like remastered them and sat with them and made them the best they could be and printed them on vinyl. And I, I feel did. like you fell in love with them again in a new way. In a totally different way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and love might even be like a stretch in some ways. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I appreciated them. I was like, you know what? Yeah. Like, little Kyle. Good job. Everything's okay, man. And no one yeah. cares as much as you do, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah. just chill out and, like, yeah. put them out and enjoy it. It's been a real gift. Yeah. Yeah. It's been cool to, like, get those in our hands again and be like, yeah. This is what it's about. This is what being an artist is about. It's not about, like, the product that we make. It's like, can you look at your first song and be, like, loving to yourself again? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking, um, gosh, man, like, almost uh, if we had interviewed you, the moment that you started to get attention, the, mm. the tower started to get attention, what that interview would have sounded like compared to now. Oh. Yeah. It'd be crazy. Can you? Can, yeah. Do can we you need pit- attention now? <laughs> hey, you're on spotify man i'm on spotify dude dude the yeah. algorithm's on spotify <laughs> those things are messed up <laughs> have, you, have you heard about those Cody? Dude, the algorithms on spotify yeah yeah um do you remember a moment maybe for e- each of you and it started to feel like wow towers is like getting some recognition or getting a little bit of attention and i'd wonder what that was like for you both yeah um i think at first it felt like so much local attention like oh it's so cool that people in Arizona care what we're doing or Mm. something you know or in Flagstaff care what we're doing and are excited and want to come out to shows and I think it felt weird or crazy when it was like oh we have people messaging us from these different states or from these different countries like that that was such a strange thing that I could make something in my friend's studio and that someone so far away is like connecting with it Mm. um but I feel like the big switch in our in our path and in, in that mindset was um, when we got a call from who's now one of our best friends, um, but our manager, Paul, um, who was living in Portland at the time and had come across our music and really connected with it and um, flew out to Flagstaff and met with us and got to talk to us about what it would be like to work with him. And um So the idea of like not only being sought out by a manager, but learning about what that means and what that would bring and what we would be saying yes to, Mm -hmm. I feel like was such a big switch from like local to like what else could be outside of just that, Um, which was exciting and, and scary too. You know, you hear so many horror stories of people being taken advantage of or record labels or independent or what, like, what do you do? And we just, um, didn't know very much about that world yet but um yeah very grateful for paul and his just friendship along that journey Mm -hmm. yeah i i feel like i i don't know if i've spent much time with the thought intentionally which is maybe a good critique but i i think um our first tour we kind of spent like a whole year prepping for it and um to see people like show up to shows was so bizarre to me Mm. i was like we're in to do like a west coast run and like have it just be like it was crazy to me um i i feel like now the place that i try 
to land because we're just like an indie folk band you know like some nights we'll be in waco texas and we'll sell like over 500 tickets the next night we'll sell like 20 tickets in some city and like i don't know there's not a lot of consistency in that way and like um so i feel like i've tried to take this posture of everything and this goes into sort of the more like meta stuff that we've been talking about how it applies to all of life mm-hmm. but as it applies also to to towers and like the moments that i've felt like whoa this is cool how people know about this mm. i feel like i've just been like i'm just grateful man yeah. i'm grateful that people care enough i'm grateful you guys care enough to, like ask us questions like it's so nice <laughs> of you like mm-hmm. um you're really good at it too by the way and just like <laughs> the i think like the uh being on the road and stuff there's a lot of stress around around that and we've spent enough time on the road now i'm like oh my god i can't invest any energy into that like whoever will show up will show up and i'm gonna try to just give them a great evening of like sharing my soul and you know whatever happens happens so i've also the the life of like a touring artist it does have an arc like (laughs) and you never know really where you are in the bell curve (laughs) you're like maybe we're at the top maybe we're continuing up maybe it's like maybe it's on the descend and i'm just being grateful for wherever it is that we're just moving in any direction and that it's still that the train is still like plugging along i just feel grateful and just trying to take an open palms kind of approach to it of like cool you know if we get to do it for another 10 years i'll be so psyched if like mm-hmm. if and that's what i think covid did a lot of too because i don't know yeah. if i would have said that quite as like just from my heart as i would have previously um I'm like yeah you know maybe i i thought after covid i was like maybe this is it you know maybe i'll, I'll go get another job and it'll be fine because i've also seen through songwriting like i'm a songwriter but that's not who i am like i just that's something I do and I love and it brings me life, but I'm like a lot more than that. I hope, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so I also think like that perspective all the time is, is helpful when there are moments that I do feel that way or like before I walk out on stage and there's a lot of people mm. or when there's nobody, I'm just like, this is hilarious. Like, look at all of these fools. Like, they've all come and bought tickets. You've tricked them all. I've yeah. tricked every single one of them. And I'm going to go out and just continue, yeah. like, just being amusing. And it's so yeah. fun, man. I love it. So We uh, we recently did an episode on imposter syndrome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There yeah. you go. That's a lot of language. <laughs> did, uh, did you trick these fools because you got lucky? Or did you trick them because only you could have to work that hard to get these people in the building? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> both evidences Both. of yeah. imposter syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, I think it's like yeah. There's a fine line, certainly. I, 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 we have worked really hard to get to where we are, and like, yeah. but by no means, the music industry industry is such a interesting thing because like, mm-hmm. there's people way more talented than Greta and I that should be doing what we're doing as a vocation, and they don't. And it's like, why not? I don't understand. You know, mm-hmm. so. I, I think I just recognize the gift of it. And I think that's the fine line between the imposter syndrome and recognizing, like, I'm still working hard, but it is kind of a gift. Like, mm-hmm. it all sort of just is. Mm-hmm. So Sure. Well, can I ask about the music industry just a little bit and your experience with it? I'd really be curious about it. Like, yeah, just, like, the art and what happens in here. Just looking around here, like, this feels amazing. Uh-huh. Right? Like, this feels amazing. And then, it, to me, it just seems like there's this other world out there that probably doesn't. 
I think there's so much going on, don't you? I so Greta and I have been really fortunate that we've had this partner, Paul, um, our manager, to kind of like guide us through a lot of that stuff and sort of like hedge us in when there was moments we needed a little bit more protection from like a bad deal or something like that. Um, and so I feel like we've had a pretty positive experience for the most part. Um, but we, you know, we've had some negative experiences. I think there's like anything, um, it's a industry run by money and it's an industry run by clicks and which is why (laughs) the Spotify to be sort of, to be totally serious. That's why like when you're feeding that algorithm and the clicks, it's just going to benefit you more. Um, it's why people have kind of shifted to more of the singles game rather than the album game. Um, so I feel like Greta and I try to play the game. We try to like um, partake in it as much as we need to. And then like, you know, we're not interested at this time in a record deal. Um, we like can do most of the stuff that a record label does now because of the world that we live in. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've tried to foster, we've kind of, I've I sort of realized pretty early on, like everyone was making it up. They were just kind of making it up as they went. Cause there was such, it was such a time the last like 20 years has been such a time of revolution in the in the music world of like the internet being mm. this thing that was like oh actually anyone can just go put music out now there's no gatekeepers anymore right and like you can find your niche group of people that enjoy what you do and find mm-hmm. value in it and you can like build a whole living off of that mm-hmm. and you don't have to, no no two people have to do it the same way mm-hmm. so um, I feel like we've really tried to lean into that and like create something of like, well, cool. If everyone's making it up, like our manager was like, let's make a management company that will send all of our, um, 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 like prospective bookings to. So instead of it coming from this guy named Paul, it's coming from this like business, yeah. but he's the only one that works there. Mm-hmm. We just made up Stumptown mm-hmm. management. It doesn't mm-hmm. exist. It's like just a thing on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But like, so kind of realizing that everyone's sort of making it up and um i think there's lots of really great parts of the music industry but i do think there's a lot of of taking advantage at like some of those top tiers but yeah i feel like we've seen some examples and obviously we're probably not the most i feel like i'm personally not the most knowledge in this area but it's been cool getting tastes of like okay we know this one band who you know, it worked out really well. Like they were on this record label and like each band member got a salary for two years and they just had to put out two albums. And like, that was really awesome for them and gave them a lot of stability and freedom and um, room to make their art. And, you know, there's downsides of maybe they don't own their music or, you know, there's, there's lots of stipulations sometimes, but it was really sweet for them. Um, And then we've heard other stories from other bands where they, um, you know, they make this beautiful, amazing album and it gets pushed to all these areas where people know their name so much more because of this push, but it took, you know, whatever, a hundred thousand dollars or more to make this album. And in order for them to make that up, like all the clicks and all the streams, like they're not seeing any of that money. Like the only way they make money is playing shows mm-hmm. and that's taxing and you're traveling and you're not with your family and you're playing shows, yeah. you know, most days of the year. And, but that's how, so it, it, you, it's the, it's the, what do you want? You know, mm-hmm. like maybe sometimes that exposure and having being more well-known is worth, you know, giving up the, you know, the ownership of your song or giving up that. But, um, so it is kind of deciding like where you live in that world, 
um, and what's best. But I, I've really enjoyed where we're at and the, the route we're taking for now. Yeah, and we've tried to just take, like, the the risks, too, you know, of, like, well, okay, we'll just try it, you know, those calculated risks. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of those have paid off and been really cool. And um, But, yeah, we've had a lot of neg- negative experiences, too, where I was like, oh, yeah, that person just, like, stole thousands of dollars from us and, like, mm. didn't care about our art. And, um, I mean, a lot of the touring world is a bit like that. They're like... Mm. They're not. They don't listen to your music before you go play a show. They're like, how like many, venue, pe- how many people are gonna come buy a beer, dude? Yeah. <laughs> like, I tell them, Towers yeah. fans, dude, they're gonna come buy two beers. <laughs> it doesn't matter when we start. If we yeah. start at eleven o'clock, or because we're always trying to go on early because we're yeah. parents, we're like, we want to start at nine o'clock. Yeah. And they're like, you got to go on at eleven. We're oh, like man. in San Francisco or something. When there's a venue that tells me I need to go on at eleven p.m. on a Tuesday, I'm like. <laughs> You don't know. You don't know. <laughs> a lot of explicitives. <laughs> and then you just have to convince them. Yeah. Two beers. Two like, it doesn't matter. You're not going to sell this more beers. You're going yeah. to sell two beers tonight. Yeah. So. so we could all be here late or we can all leave early. <laughs> With the same amount of money. And you'll yeah. turn the lights off early so you'll save money. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so good. It's interesting, though. We're always trying to navigate it, and our manager's yeah. so wonderful like we wouldn't oh, we, there's good. no way we'd have been able to do this without him like he's such a special dude and mm-hmm. has really fought for us literally almost fought for us at times like cocked back to like take punches yeah <laughs> oh either spit gosh. on a dude or punch at, him in the face at venues yeah, yeah like yeah. really has stuck up for us in a way that we wouldn't have done for mm-hmm. ourselves wow. you know he's yeah. he i cannot speak more highly of him yeah it was really cool to hear you just briefly you you just did it briefly but you were talking about the holly and the ivy uh-huh. and that album last year listening to it like it was on heavy rotate oh, for the entire mm-hmm. season for me thank you um like the candy christmas stuff i can't i yeah. can't tolerate and yeah. uh that album was just so man it was like a revelation and that's like so genuine just like i listened to it the whole time cool such a cool album yeah dude we really appreciate that man I, that was such a funny thing to work on like yeah yeah I, we put in a whole year's w- worth of work for that record and it was such a bizarre thing to work, work so hard on something that only gets consumed every like you know just like tw- you know two months out of the year or whatever yeah i feel like the holly and the ivy I mean, there's so many things I love about it. it. Like, I feel like it shouldn't be my favorite album of ours because it's just like our holiday album, which mm-hmm. feels like it should just be like, oh, it's just this extra thing. But it really is like one of my favorites, if not my favorite album we've made. I and know. maybe it's because I was like really hands-on in the writing process. Maybe mm-hmm. it's because it came during this time of like we were in the middle of the pandemic we were mm-hmm. in summer of mm-hmm. 2020 which so much was going on um yeah our political climate it was just weird it was like you didn't know where to focus your attention as an artist and you're just like why not make some christmas music yeah like the world was like rioting and falling apart and we were like let's go record like silent night it's like so weird you know yeah. but also um was really centering and um, yeah, don't you think it fit? Like it fits so perfect of like yeah, just that the the especially I you know we were Greta and I were pretty involved like with a lot of ongoing discussions with politics yeah, yeah. as as everybody was yeah, like I'm yeah. not trying to say that it was a unique experience, um, but yeah it felt like oh are we you know should we be doing should we be writing like other music and I was like actually no this music 
for some reason is it it works like it it somehow connects well for me the tone you all struck with it too was it just wasn't the same like you you all the the way that you approached it had mm-hmm. a different tonality to it to me mm-hmm. and i don't know much about music uh-huh. but it made it so much more palatable not to just listen to the same yeah. the same way like it, it had all the chord progressions but yeah um you approached it so differently we did yeah. that it was like a new experience with songs that are so familiar mm-hmm. and unifying rather than contributing the devices it's funny because i didn't even put together in my mind that that was at the same span of time yeah that yeah the u.s was like chaos it <laughs> was like yeah. just yeah. divided chaos yeah. and i in my mind it's so funny because when i think about this album and that month of time of spending time with my kids and driving around in the car listening to that album mm-hmm. with them is such a different vibe than remembering what was going on politically in the u.s yeah and it was the same time frame i hadn't put, yeah in my memory that's like two different distinct periods right yeah it's crazy no, yeah, I felt like it was. I feel like it landed. It landed like right on the bullseye for me of like, oh well, actually, I said a lot of the things I would have hoped to have said in like a normal record for this given period of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was extremely unique, and like in the tone and all that. I mean, again, for me, I keep referencing new nostalgia, but it felt like almost a continuation of that, and just mm-hmm. kind of its feel, mm-hmm. in a sense. And I was wondering, like you're saying, like I would get the idea that as an artist I'd be like here let's make a Christmas record and it would almost be like oh gosh I'm at that place where I'm making a Christmas record you know what I mean like <laughs> oh no yeah. I was yeah. wondering yeah I was wondering that and then y'all did something different again that just yeah. turned out so well oh yeah. thank you yeah I think a, don't you think a big part of why it turned out well too was we had this like kick ass band that we were about to go on tour with we had like the most incredible tour lined up yeah some of the most I've wanted to play some of these rooms like the whole time I've been a musician and we were rehearsing and they were like COVID you can't go and um it was literally like the week before we were about to leave the world shut down yeah and so we were all in this studio together in Colorado and I was like do you guys want I have this idea I have this vision to create like kind of these more indie rock folk Christmas tunes where and I had I had specific visions about rewriting the lyrics to be more like gender inclusive and you know some like sort of top down like high level vision and this band that was with us we demoed those songs exactly how you hear them on the record like yeah. we all we did was we played through them and we just the vibe of the room was so unique and I I love that about music some of my favorite records I think have that captured magic of a moment like so much of the music we worked on in the past has been this huge span of time you know a year year and a half and that was like three days mm-hmm. and then the whole thing we just came back here and we did mm-hmm. overdubs and re-recorded a lot of stuff that needed to be re-recorded but i yeah. think there was something in that that was really special about and i also th- like greta and i got asked to do a christmas concert this year we love that record we're like we would love to do that but we don't know how to really play many of those songs because we were pretty disconnected from it, which also I think made us like have a pretty clear perspective of it the whole time we were working on it and make decisions in such a way that maybe we wouldn't have done before. So Yeah, I hope we get to play it out soon. I think <clears throat> we're going to try to do that next year, 2022, mm-hmm. just have a little Christmas tour. But um, yeah, I think we're, we're both really excited to rework those songs. And um, I mean, 
we even said from the very, very beginning, like, how do we make a Christmas album for people who don't like Christmas music? Hmm. And um, it's funny. I feel like we have had people, I don't know, connect with that and relate with that and, and agree with that. Um, but I hope it has a little bit of everything. Yeah, um, that's what I was trying to say. Um, mm -hmm. Not as directly. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, Dan is I'm, that guy. I'm one of those people. Yeah, yeah. totally, man. We yeah. wrote an album for the Grinch. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Grinch. I am the. I, that's me. Yeah. yeah. I would wonder. We had talked about playing a couple of, or having yeah. to play a couple of those songs or a song. Would you be open to that? Is that something you'd be interested in doing? Or? We'd love to. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're going to play two songs, if that's okay. Yeah. W w one that each of us leads, both of our favorites, right? Yeah, yeah, it was hard to choose. We have 10 songs on this album, um, and only three of them are complete originals. The other ones are kind of reworked, uh, you know, older original Christmas songs. Um, but these, um, we have three that we wrote, and we decided that the two we're going to share are two of the ones that are complete originals. That's awesome. Um, Come on. Yeah. But just because they're our faves. Yeah. Should we just go right into it here? Yeah, Kyle's already whipping house. out his guitar. Yeah, absolutely. Just, here we go. Yeah, absolutely. Would you want to go first with your song? I don't care. You can totally go for it. Okay. Well, let me get my guitar pick out of my skinny jeans. <laughs> <laughs> They're not as skinny as they used to be. Oh, man. <laughs> Is this what the song is? <laughs> yeah. It's okay. That's what hooked me. You saying I got bet? <laughs> I'm saying, you know, we all had we all had some phases in college of certain styles. Oh, yeah. Dude, I had some of the worst <laughs> phases. They were good. Oh, this isn't the pick I wanted. Dang it. Gotta go back in here, y'all. Oh, I'm yeah. glad. Sorry I love every Sorry moment of this right yeah, now. Just watching yeah. me dig in my jeans. Alright, here we go. I bet it's in this pocket right here. So I'm pretty picky as it comes to my picks. And I, picky this pick right picks. here, I'm really proud of. It's a yellow pick for all of our people who can't, can't see. <laughs> and it's, uh, I love it because I've held on to it for like a year and a half. And if you play guitar, you know that that's like a serious victory. Yeah, yeah that seems so. unreal. That's like, uh, that's like dog years type stuff, right? So it's like oh yeah. A year and a half. <laughs> this like... pick might, as, yeah, this pick is like in its seventies yeah. right now. <laughs> <laughs> the day, sh the day shy of eternity. Yeah. <laughs> I I'm gonna have to take a photo of that later for uh, for when we whenever we post this. Here's That's the pick. Yeah, here's the pick. The yellow <laughs> pick. Yeah. yeah, one year. And, uh, one I'll night. donate it to the show. No, I won't actually. <laughs> no, no, no. We're, we're not <laughs> taking that for me. <laughs> That'd be bad juju. For yeah. Us. <laughs> okay. Well, this song um, it's called Swain Evergreens, and it's a song that we wrote about um, the unity of like things that are physical and spiritual being like a big part of our journey and how like those are just really great things and they're not autonomous and so yeah. specifically during the christmas season just meditating on that so cool. and if you don't think that's what it means you can, it can mean whatever the hell you want it to mean. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right yeah i love it Many times they told me Beware of your flesh So tell me why your Jesus Was skin like the rest 
touch of her soft skin Swaying evergreens Snow silently falling Making love to her It all seems a holy thing They say matter doesn't matter Trying to get the shame And I think of Christmas Oh, it's a physical thing Touch of her soft skin, swaying evergreens. Snow silently falling, making love to her in the morning. It all seems a holy It's always such a gamble whether or not I hit that last note. <laughs> you got it, baby. You got it. That was amazing. Oh, Jamal. Yeah. Man, if we were back in Le Chateau, we'd have that audience just clapping. Just, yeah. I forgot y'all have the built-in. Yeah, we got that. Yeah. 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 It's a thing. <laughs> it's turned into a thing. Button game strong. Button game strong. Yeah. Nah, man. Uh, man yeah. I don't even want to joke right now, though. Like, I hope people listening to this, I know that it will come through to some degree, but I wish they could feel the way it feels in the room. Just mm-hmm. the shared energy. Yeah. yeah. That was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a special moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That yeah. song will never be sung the same way ever again. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Sure. Okay. This next one is, is, uh, Greta, you talk about it. <laughs> okay. Um, we're going to play Curious Woman, and uh, we wrote this song. I don't know. I, I think, honestly, like, I started with this concept of, like, fire and Christmas. Like, how can you put those two things together? And um, I instantly thought of <laughs> just, like, the child's bir- birth. The birth canal. The birth canal. <laughs> um, fire and Christmas. Yeah, fire and, fire Christmas. and okay. Christmas, right? I'm with you. Yeah, and we were all thinking. That. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know why. And but I mean, I am a mother, and I have birthed two children, and um, and then I like got on this like crazy thought where I was like, oh my gosh, like, like 
okay for people who resonate with like Jesus being like God right and like Mary being this like mother like if we connect all the dots here it's like she literally was the first one to like crown the king get oh it my oh come on <laughs> I'm sorry Kyle you're yeah. so you think I love it you I'm love my a, cheese you love my cheese right now <laughs> I went there I don't know this I'm just sharing my whole process right now this isn't even where the song landed but like like when you talk like that I feel like I have to cuss or something oh my like god you can you really just can um <laughs> but I don't know I'm totally kidding. <laughs> but I just thought that was so such a cool thing like I think like women are so amazing and powerful and strong regardless of if they've had children or not but um just that vision of like like crowning and how like much strength and power is in in that moment and um yeah so it's really just like it kind of turned into this like h- like how do we celebrate like the power of women in Christmas because it's such a part of the Christmas narrative um yeah and I, I think it was just a celebration of that and a celebration of that labor and um yeah what we're all laboring in our lives and how we can um, find perspective and hope in the midst of that that's awesome. Thanks right. for sharing that. Process. Totally. Yeah. That's awesome. Thanks. I feel the flame, oh Madonna. I feel the heat of your child. Birthing from all heaven's glory. Clothed in the brown skin of God I see a light in the desert I see it blazing on high Burning down all preconceived Notions of who you would be Call it a sweet Oh, a sweet premonition We saw no defeat as we labored the weight of the fire. Curious woman, the revolution is your joy. I've kept my hopes locked away. I've kept my scars in a jar. I thought that love had a limit Careful not to reach too far Flipping that table of lies Breached but I'm breathing just fine Dear woman, please recognize Divinity held inside Call it a sweet We saw no defeat as we labored the weight of the fire. Call it a sweet, oh, a sweet premonition. We saw no defeat as we labored the weight of the fire. Curious woman, the
screams, oh Madonna I feel the heat of your child Birthing from all heaven's glory Clothed in the brown skin of God <clears throat> there it is. Dang, y'all. Gemma. Gemma. Man, thank you so much. Yeah. For playing those tracks. Yeah, yeah thanks for having us, y'all. Yeah. This has been so fun. Yeah. Man, and we haven't really got to play those songs <laughs> out much, so it yeah. feels, just feels fun to play them for people. Yeah, on these Lone Bellow shows, we actually played Curious Woman a few times because we were just like, sounds like fun. Yeah. What would be in the future for you two? You have oh, a record yeah. coming out, and then, yeah, what's on the horizon? We're working on a batch of songs together right now. Those ones over there. Yeah, and like a typewriter. Yeah, yeah. I've been doing a typewriter um, because I love the like commitment that you have to make to every line, mm. and like it's so easy for me to get just. Uh, I love the yeah. I love that I like get a line down and I commit to it a bit more than I would if it's on my phone or on my computer. Um, so we have, we've been like, as we've finished songs, we'll like type them out and it feels a little bit more committal. Um, we're gonna, our goal is to take these songs and do, um, guitar, um, drums, bass, and our vocals live in a studio in Colorado. This studio is a bit small for it. Um, and we're going to take those tracks back here after we're done with them. Um, and the goal is just to have like intimate, these songs are going to be much more intimate, I think in their sonic value, mm -hmm. whereas Holly and Ivy was kind of this bigger, more at times rock and roll production. These, these next songs, um, for some reason, they just feel like they're presenting themselves to us in this like slightly more close, um, kind of feel. Okay. So yeah, we're, we're going to, I just want to lean into texture and the sounds of home like mm -hmm. doing a lot of field recording and almost like hip hop interludes that idea with like just noises from mm -hmm. our I really want the record to feel like Flagstaff you know um, I don't know if y'all listen to that new Killers record where they like do the interviews in between and like the essence of that was so cool to me it just mm -hmm. felt like it was his home you know yeah. mm -hmm. so okay yeah, we're excited about that, and then the spring is just going to be a sweet time of working on that, and then we'll also, we also are going to be um, on the road for four weeks, um, and we're going to be opening up for Joshua Raiden yeah. um, from the end of February to beginning of March time, so yeah. yeah, we're really looking forward to that, and that'll be with uh, us and one other friend playing with us, and yeah, yeah kind of just jumping back into playing shows some more, so looking forward to that. That's so cool, man. When Jamie found out that y'all were touring with Joshua Raiden, she just like jumped out her boots, you know. What oh, I mean? like, dude. Just yeah, that's like when we were dating, that was the person that she was listening to. Like no way. It was like I feel like Joshua Raiden was kind of in the background of our. Oh my god. Wherever we were driving, almost. Well, if you yeah. guys can make that. it to the Crescent Ballroom show, we'll totally get you on our guest list so you can come and like hang. Okay. In. Come on, yeah. dude. That'd be such a treat. That'd yeah, so we looked fun. that up. It's like a Tuesday night or something. Oh, it was. It's a Tuesday yeah. night. Yeah. 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 And we might have to swing that though. It sounds super cool. Yeah, we are gonna yeah. we're gonna do a show here in Flagstaff to kick it off beforehand. Uh, oh, okay. So if you wanted to catch it there, you could. Yeah. Right? We're gonna try to do that. We're trying trying it's to get that. Official yet? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just that thing. stuff, and then just trying to be, just like good partners and good mm -hmm. friends and parents and all that stuff is probably more on the docket. 
<laughs> got a lot, got a lot, di- got a lot of dishes ahead of me. Yeah, I don't know how yeah. that goes, man. Oh man, I'm like I'm like the dish guy at our house. Yeah. So grateful. Yeah, yeah, that's how it rolls. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, well, all the best, all the best with recording, touring, and doing dishes. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. right. Yeah. Cheers yeah. to that. To no more broken dishes. Man. <laughs> Cheers to that. <laughs> Cheers to that. Cheers to that. Yeah. Well, thank you again. Yep. Yeah. Bye bye. Love you. Sound quality back, level down. Yeah, level down, back, kind of in the dunny. Yeah, in where the... we belong. <laughs> yeah, this is the chateau, not the dunny. Yeah, it just sounds like the dunny, right? It does sound. Like we kind of got the privilege of, of uh, like getting out of the dunny into the chateau, and then we got the privilege of getting out of the chateau, and then realizing, oh, there's a whole world out there. There Things is. Things can sound different. There is. Yeah. yeah. What a great world that was, huh? Yeah, slumming it down there in the studio, huh? Yeah, it uh, was. You know, I, I, in listening back to the interview, I just realized that Kyle and Greta, they really owe us a debt of gratitude for uh, asking them so many high-quality questions. caliber question. High-caliber <laughs> question, just rattling them off, huh? <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Yeah. I mean, are we good at that or, or not? Like, <laughs> just, just solid questions. Yeah, I was going to go in one direction and just be like, yeah, we are the best. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to do that with a straight face. It is. In actuality, this is all just a joke about how he kept thanking us for asking him questions. Yeah. Kyle was so kind, man. Just like the nicest person. I mean, even, yeah, thanking us for asking him questions. Yeah, the nicest person. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And like Greta too, man. Like they are just, yeah. Two of the the nicest people. Yes. Gentle. Nice. Yeah. Did they win that uh, Viola Award for kindness? I believe that was one of the awards. Yeah. Yeah. One of the million. One of the million of them that yeah. they've won. Yeah. Yeah. They got the Light Flagstaff Creative Arts Award for uh, just being kind. Yeah. Like these are the nicest artists ever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was great sitting with them, wasn't it? Man. Yeah. Yeah. I know I've referenced this in the past, but like something the pod misses is it just doesn't capture that feel what it's actually like to be in the room, right? It doesn't. And this, I mean, I think it was exemplified here maybe more than ever because yeah. there was so much ambiance. Um, and that moment of playing, playing music yeah. and then specifically when they started out playing swaying evergreens, yeah. like it honestly, just the feeling in that space was incredible. It really was. Yeah. The pod can't capture that at all. No. What? Like if you could describe what you felt, what'd you feel? Yeah. This and us, talk, us talking about, it's just going to be, yeah, <laughs> just going to make it worse. It's going to make it even worse. No. It, 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 it felt unifying. Like if, mm. if I were to do my best to articulate it, it felt yeah. like, uh, everyone in there sharing this collective space and this collective energy in the room. It yeah. just felt so unifying rather than divisive. Yeah. Um, yeah which for me was so meaningful. Also the meaning of those lyrics to me. Mm-hmm. So Kyle, I apologize if I'm off on this. Okay. Come on. We got a, we got a DI. We got a Dunny interpretation. Yeah. With the swaying evergreens. Yeah. The emphasis on, um, like I, I understand it to be talking about how, um, sometimes the physical nature of things is dismissed and mm-hmm. particularly our physical bodies, but also just physical things like the, the lyric in there that says, uh, you know, they say matter doesn't matter. Mm. It's referencing how, in fact, it does. 
um, is so meaningful to me. It's, it's yeah. the matter does matter, but what you are introducing in terms of those objects and things into your life, the sentimentality behind them is what's important. Yeah. And if you're just, if it's just a lot of surfacey plastic stuff, it can just be, um, not very significant, but otherwise carry so much meaning and love. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, you know, hearing you describe that, what I was thinking of is just actually like the, the aesthetic in that room mm-hmm. and it like just how the physical thing can create this feeling. And you're describing us like this moment feeling really unifying. And for me, I was thinking of all the ways in which everything in there also contributed to that. Yeah. And describe, describe that, describe the space and the space for me is just incredible to be in. Right. So Kylo has done an amazing job building out that studio right? Like for lore audio and for his music and everything that he's recording and helping with and engineering. Um, he's created an incredible studio. And for me, there's this ambiance. It's like kind of like <laughs> the best way I could try to describe this is like leather dipped in whiskey, man. Like <laughs> it's like, it's like brown and like it feels super earthy in a way yeah. and has these really rich tones to it. Mm-hmm. And then just the, yeah, like the lighting itself is like kind of like, it feels like you're inside of an Edison bulb almost mm-hmm. like just feels orange. Yeah. almost. Yeah. That last, that last comparison, that, that strikes home, like in, yeah. in inside an Edison bulb, like an orangish color. Yeah. Edison bulb. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's just felt incredible and it sounded amazing. It right? did. Yeah. 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 So those, those aspects, those physical things contributed to this feeling that was, I don't know, for, I love hearing you describe it as unifying for me. It's just like very, I don't know, very content, very present. Yeah. This collective ambiance that just felt present in the room. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. So thank you, Kyle and Greta. We owe you. And um, yeah, please stop thanking us for asking questions. <laughs> yeah, if anything, we're on the we yeah. owe you side of things here. Yeah, for sure. That and if anything, I hope that collective unifying energy we're describing, I hope that's what people feel um, throughout their lives, but during this time of year specifically. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. If, if you don't have that album, The Holly and the Ivy, go get it because it will contribute to... Uh, to your season yeah put it on enjoy yourself just let it ride and let it ride <laughs> yeah no and doubt with, yeah with that loveys oh wait wait take this out by shouting us oh out. man this is our last interview of the year huh yeah dang man of course we would like swing and a miss on our outro of the last <laughs> interview of the year right yeah 2021 2021 take us out by shouting us out no yeah. doubt <laughs> well, you can always find us on the interwebs, www.beyondflag.com, flag spelled FLG. And then I think what we learned from our last interview is that we are indeed content creators. Oh, no, I think absolutely we are not. Yeah, no, there was two votes. There were two yays and then one nay. Oh, no, I think there were several nays. Uh, from one person, which were dismissed. <laughs> no, yeah, I think a lot of hanging chads on that. <laughs> those votes count as more. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, content creators. If someone votes one, that's worth one. Yeah. If someone votes the second time, that's worth two. If someone votes the third time, that's worth three. Okay. No, we're not. Or maybe it's like the Fibonacci sequence where then it goes three (laughs) to five to eight. Oh, Fibonacci or Versace, man. These rules are made up. This doesn't matter. We are content creators. <laughs> so if you want some prime content on Instagram. <laughs> Even if we are content creators. It's not prime. prime That's a good point. That's a good point. If you want to consume some content, 
Hit us up. If you'd like some content, you can find us on Instagram and sometimes on the Twitters. Beyond underscore flag. Yeah, take care. Love you.